So before Dan comes up uh, and gives his talk um, on the new series, like I say, Psalm 119, verse 1 to 16, um, we're going to watch a short video that is going to set the theme for Dan's talk. Every time I stop to think about it, pages and pages of God, his thoughts, his words, his heart, right there, just a few inches away. I can carry it with me everywhere I go, read it whenever I want. When we open the Bible, what do we see? We see God himself in this book. We meet him here or we don't meet him, not with any hope of friendship. Reading the Bible is one of the most important things we can ever do. It's more valuable than anything we own, sweeter than anything we have ever eaten. It is literally more important than breathing. It's not always what we see and feel when we open our Bible. Our weak, tired, distracted eyes look, and all we see is a lifeless, boring portrait on the wall. But it's not a portrait. It's a window. It doesn't hang lifeless in an old frame on the wall. It breaks through the wall into another world, the real world the lasting world, the better world. And through this window shines a divine light that changes everything around us. We all know that the road to knowing God is not easy. Discipline and resolve are important, but they can carry you only so far. A few days, a week, maybe a month, for the long run, we need something stronger, more compelling than discipline and resolve. There are too many traps along the path, too many hurdles. At the root, the reason we don't read the Bible is that we don't want to read the Bible. We don't see joy, peace, and life when we see that leather binding on our shelf. We see a wall, not a window. The boring portrait, not the never-ending beauty beyond. So we put it off, leave it shut, and move on. We stay in bed, and we miss the miracle. The God who said, let light shine out of darkness, loves to speak light into hearts and minds. God wrote a book, and with his book, these words in front of us, he wakens our dead, bored souls. He frees us from bondage to sin, from desires that rob us of life. He comforts the depressed, 
inspires the discouraged, guides the confused. He empowers us to make our lives count for his cause in the world. He satisfies us completely and forever with words, his words. So will I read my Bible tomorrow? Where else would I go? How else will I know him? How else will I prepare myself to enjoy him forever? Yes, I'll spend the rest of my life looking out of this window, watching, waiting for another sight of him, another miracle, another glimpse of my God. As Dan brings um, your word to us today, may the, uh, the words of his mouth and the meditations of his heart be pleasing to you, O oh God, our Redeemer and our Rock. Amen. Amen. Well, please do open up your Bibles to Psalm 119. The book of Psalms, if you roughly go halfway in your Bibles, you'll find it. And then go to chapter 119. Maybe if someone's got a Red Church Bible, you would I'd like to just, if someone could just mention what page that's on. 617, brilliant. If you turn to 617, we're looking at Psalm 119. This video uh, doesn't just set the talk uh, scene for this evening's talk, but our series. We're going to be going through uh, Psalm 119 together. Uh, so do have that open in front of you as we go through it together. Well, when it comes to God's words... Do we see a wall or a window? At the start of each new day, when we see that leather-bound Bible on our tables, is it a wall or a window? Do we see it as something worth only £10 on Amazon or something that is more precious than gold? Is it something that we see that is optional to read or something that is essential to our daily lives. Do you know, I can often feel like the former in many of those questions. But as I said in the video, let's be honest, the real heart of why often we don't read our Bibles is because we just don't want to. To believe that it won't do us any good that maybe if we do open up the pages of God's word, well, we're not going to like what God has to say. God will change things in our lives that deep down we just don't want him to change. And so we keep it shut. And so we miss out. We miss out, as John Piper said in that video, we miss out looking through the most beautiful, satisfying window that we could ever look through. We miss out on treasure so valuable that it would last for eternity. And yet most of all, we miss out from hearing the words of our most loving and awesome God, from his guidance, 
from his wisdom for our lives. We miss out from seeing how every page in our Bibles points to a glorious king, the Lord Jesus, who, as we heard so wonderfully this morning, laid down his life on the cross, suffered in agony, suffered in pain, so that we could be in a relationship with him, so that we could even have the privilege of opening up our Bibles. He died for it. So that we could hear his voice every day. But you know, ultimately nothing is going to change unless our perspective on why we read the Bible changes. And that's why this new series that will go through Psalm 119 is so important. Because if you, if you ask the psalmist, the person writing this psalm, what is God's word to you? He would respond, it is everything. It is absolutely everything. In fact, in the 176 verses in this psalm, 175 of them have some reference to God's word. The message is clear. Let God's word be your daily foundation. And over these next Sunday evenings, we'll go through this psalm, exploring the different ways that it shows our need to let God's word be our foundation. And tonight we'll see the psalmist shows God's word to be our most important guard in life and our most valuable treasure. And as we go through this psalm this evening, we're going just through 16 of those verses. And I've got two points as we go through. The first one is a new resolution, a new resolution from verses 1 to 8. See, as you look through this psalm, you might think there's something a bit funny about the way that it's structured. You see those names and those symbols that start each of those sections. Well, do you know, this psalm has 22 stanzas, 22 sections that follow the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And so it starts with Aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it goes all the way through, ending at Tor, which is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And at verse 1, we get the very first words of the psalmist. Look with me at verse 1. He says, Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Do you know, maybe we're looking at those verses and we're thinking, who could honestly sing this about themselves? Who could really say that they are blameless? That every one of their steps is in accordance with God's word. That they do no wrong. That to every one of God's rules, they have fully obeyed. Who could say that? But ultimately, as we read through this passage, just like any part of the Bible that we read, we must ask ourselves the question, how does this point to Christ? How does this point to Jesus? Jesus himself in John 5.39 said that all of scripture testifies about him. It points to him. 
And ultimately, I can't sing these words that are written down in these opening parts of Psalm 119. I can't sing them. There is only one person that can speak about being totally and fully blameless in every way, fully obedient to every single one of God's words. It's Jesus. And Jesus, he he was obedient, he was blameless. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that that was so It says, God made him who had no sin, blameless, to be sin for us. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. And yet even though this psalm, it points us to Christ and not us. This psalm does show us something that Christ longs to see growing in us. A hunger to live to the word of the Lord. And therefore, when it comes to reading God's word, our motivation is not legalistic duty. But rather, we are living in a response to what our king has done for us. We aim to live lives that glorify him, that bring honor to him, that praise him for all that he has done for us. We aim for a relationship with him. That's what we're doing when we're opening the Bible. We're having a relationship with our King. You know, continuing in the psalm, the psalmist shows us what a longing for God's word looks like. Look with me at verse 5. He says, Oh, that my ways were steadfast. Literally, if only, if only that my ways were steadfast. In obeying your decrees, then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. If only, the psalmist says, if only I was consistent and steadfast in obeying your commands. Maybe we're saying that this evening. If only I could be consistent. Consistently living according to your words. He longs for that more and more. And with that longing in his heart, at the end of the first section, he then says, well, I'm going to set a resolution. I've got a new resolution. And we see that in verse 7 and 8. He says, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your decrees, your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. His longing, his longing to know and live by God's word drives him to say, well, that's what I'm going to do. I will praise you. I will obey you. This is my new resolution. This is my new focus. And maybe tonight we feel like we need to make a new resolution. To say, Lord, it's my desire. Give me a desire, Lord, to read your word. To be a man, woman, young person that builds their life around what you say in your word. And letting again our motivation behind reading God's word be our perfect example, our blameless saviour, the Lord Jesus. To say, because you have died... Because you have suffered, 
nails for me on the cross, I will live and come to your words every day to let you mold me, to let you shape me into the person you would like me to be. To be someone so shaped by God's word that people would see me and get a glimpse of you. That's the prayer. Like the psalmist, will we make a new resolution this evening to let God's words be our foundation? But secondly, and finally, we see the impossible feat, the impossible feat from verses 9 to 16. And the reason why I've called this section the impossible feat is because of the question that the psalmist writes in verse 9. He says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? And maybe we're asking that question this evening. How? How is it possible? How can I do it? How can I live God's way in a pure way? It's so hard. And it's so hard because we live in a culture where we don't take purity very seriously. One episode of Love Island will tell you that. And we're surrounded by it day in and day out. Barraged with friends and social media accounts, television programs that all give examples of how to not live lives of purity. To not live God's way. But ultimately it's hard because we have an enemy that loves to deceive. I love this quote again from John Piper. It says, Satan devotes himself 168 hours a week trying to deceive you and fill your mind with junk. He has seen to it that you are surrounded almost entirely by a Christless culture whose mood and entertainment and advertising and recreation and politics are shot through with lies about what you should feel and think and do. Do you think that in this atmosphere you can maintain a vigorous, powerful, free, renewed mind with a 10-minute glance at God's book once a day. Do you know, I finished that quote, and as you can imagine, I was quite challenged. How? How do we expect? And so no wonder it seems like an impossible feat when you're at a party at the end of year at someone's house and everyone has a beer in their hands and you're the only one who doesn't. And everyone's encouraging you to drink more and more than you feel comfortable with. How are you going to stay on the path of purity? When you're with your girlfriend or boyfriend this summer, with the temptation of being alone, how are we going to stay on the path of purity? You see, this psalm actually gives an answer. It's quite handy, isn't it? How do we stay on the path of purity? Well, the very next line. By living according to your word. That's the answer that the psalm gives. To live according to your word. But that word living according to literally means to guard. To guard according to your word. 
the answer of how to stay on the path of purity, to live God's way, guard yourself with God's word. For the psalmist, the answer to that question involves him bringing in some serious bodyguards. That's the picture here. That in the daily struggle, that in the daily fight against sin and temptation, the Bible acts as the psalmist's ultimate bodyguard. Because at the end of the day, when is temptation most lethal for Christians? It's most lethal when we're most distant from our God that protects us. You probably know that the story of the US president, um, Abraham Lincoln, one of the greatest US presidents to ever live. And like all presidents, uh, he had many bodyguards uh, that protected him each and every day. But there was one place where Lincoln refused to have his security with him. And that was when he went to the theater. But as you might know, One day, when he went to the theatre, a man called John Wilkes Booth, knowing, knowing that Abraham Lincoln was unguarded, went into his box and assassinated him. And you know, I can tell you more than anything, the times where it seems more than, it just seems impossible to stand against the temptation we face are the times where I have not guarded myself and I've remained distant from God's word. It's like we think Satan doesn't know when we're at our weakest. And we're at our weakest when we're not in contact with God's word, our ultimate bodyguard. But how do we do that? How do we, how do we live that out? How do we protect ourselves with God's word? How do we, as verse 9 says, live according to your word? How do we do that? Well, do you know, the rest of our passage in this section gives amazing practical guidance on how we can. Look with me at all the verbs from verse 10 to 16. Psalmist says, I seek you, I have hidden your words in my heart. Teach me. I recount. I rejoice. I meditate. I delight. All of these words, the psalmist says, is what it looks like to guard yourself with God's word every day. But the one key one that I want to focus on is the one found in verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The ultimate way to guard ourselves with God's word is to hide it in our hearts because the best bodyguard is the one that is around at every moment, right? That's the best bodyguard, the one that you have constant access to. And maybe you're thinking, well, how do I hide it in my heart? That seems such a vague thing. How do I hide God's word in my heart? You know, I I remember preparing for a GCSE German exam at school. And I don't know if this still happens, but part of the German exam was that you had an oral test. And the best thing about this German exam was that you got the questions before you even sat the test. So the teacher would give you the questions And then the whole class would spend the whole two weeks preparing 
for those questions that you were going to be asked when you sat down for your oral test. And so you began writing out very deep, very profound, very intelligent German answers that you've Googled. Wonderful things. Three sides of A4 that you can uh, prepare yourself with. But the problem in all of this is that you're not allowed to take that bit of paper into the exam. And so the question is, how do I take the words on the paper that I've written and prepared on into the exam when I need it? And the unfortunate answer for us as students was we had to memorize it. Three sides of A4 the night before my exam. And so when I was asked and I sat down uh, and the teacher said, was hast du am Wochenende gemacht? Well, then I would say, I'm not going to say that because I'll make a fool out of myself. But you get the point. I'll recite what I remember. The point is, the way we hide stuff in our hearts is to memorize it. Now, maybe you think, why memorize the Bible when I've got it on my phone? I've got it always with me. I couldn't even memorize the Bible. Well, to that point, our minds are better than you think. We manage to memorize lyrics of songs and movie quotes and vague general knowledge all the time. The problem's not with our minds. But why do it when we have our phones maybe around us at every time? Would you know, remember what the psalmist says about why he's hidden the words in his heart. He said, I've hidden the word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The purpose in memorizing scripture is that in the times of temptation, you have God's word not just in your pocket, but right there in your heart, ready to use as a bodyguard and as a shield. And you know, Jesus is the perfect example of this for us to follow. Do you know, we read in Matthew 4 when Jesus goes into the wilderness and he's tested and tempted by Satan. And after 40 days of Jesus not eating or drinking, Satan comes to him and says, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But what's Jesus' response? How does he deal with it? He says, it is written. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That verse taken straight out of God's word. Jesus' response, in fact, to all of Satan's temptations is, it is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus had God's word in, hidden, guarding his heart for when that temptation came, ready to use at any moment. And this evening... If we want to live gospel lives, lives which bring glory to King Jesus in the way that we live, lives that show our non-Christian friends and families that we live a different way. We live Jesus' way, and yes, we fail, but we live his way. We live Jesus-centered lives, lives that live in response to what Jesus has done for us on the cross, in response to who Jesus is, the King of Kings. And the best way we can do that is by hiding the most precious thing in the universe, God's word in our hearts. Do you know, I know someone who memorized the whole book of Philippians. Why not? Why not? And once it's in our hearts to ponder and to meditate, to think upon the preciousness of those words, 
So for example, this evening, if you struggle to stay on the path of purity with your anger and maybe unwillingness to forgive someone, well, why not memorize Romans 5 verse 8, which says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If we struggle for purity with lust and looking on things online that we shouldn't, we struggle with our boyfriends and girlfriends. Why not memorize 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 to 20? Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. If we struggle with the love of money, just wanting more and more, why not hide in our hearts Mark 8.36? What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? So how does a young person, how does any person stay on the path of purity? Is it the impossible feat? No. The answer is given by living and guarding it according to God's word. And we can do that this evening by hiding and treasuring God's words in our hearts and minds. Looking to the one who is blameless. Looking to our perfect example, the Lord Jesus, who every morning, tomorrow morning as you wake up, he is there waiting to share in fellowship with you longing to speak to you and me tomorrow morning through his words, longing for that relationship that comes by opening up these pages that we have in front of us. Well, we're going to have some time where we can discuss some questions. And uh, we can discuss that around the tables. Feel free to say as much or as little or nothing at all if you want to do that. But take those times to discuss those questions on the board on the boards, on the screen. Oh, it sounds like a school. Anyway, um, and then uh, as we, Graham will come and lead us in the rest of our time this evening. But let's take that time to discuss these questions.